the Dusty Bender Podcast, the Dirty 30 episode. We are Woo-hoo! 30 years old. 30 weeks old. How now. long How long until we switch over to season two? Uh, hopefully soon. I was going to say, we've got... like pro- Probably like as soon as the se- next season starts, we'll switch over to season two. I would think preseason. Oh, okay. Can we do preseason? Yeah, you know, we can. Preseason starts up and it's like, all right, refresh... Uh, you know, yeah, we're, I like that. we'll treat ourselves, we'll treat the podcast like the LA Kings, you know, refresh, <laughs> got a new season, <laughs> hope for the best. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. And then we can bring in uh fucking what's his face and just crash the team. Yeah. What's his face? Uh, the, isn't it the old shark? Didn't they get the old sharks coach? Yes. He was with Edmonton, but he was the sharks. Then he was with Edmonton. Uh, what's his name? McClellan. Yes. Oh, yeah, Fuck. he's going to really rejuvenate that old bag roster. That fucking roster is just trash. I'm excited we for talk. them. I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope they lose horribly. Um, yes, welcome back. I know it's uh, it's been a little while since we've went, since we've been on the air, but it is off-season, so not like there's too much to talk about. Yeah, I, uh, you know, to be a little self-centered and talk about myself, I'm working at 9.30 p.m., to a 6.30 a.m. So I don't even know when to sleep. You don't know what Let alone do is. a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I actually, I get off work, and then a couple hours later, I go back to work. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's terrible. I'm sure we've got it's some... amazing. We might have some people that listen to us on Graveyard Shift. That's Maybe we're helping them out a little bit. Hey, that's what I do. I, I pull up a podcast, and I just jam out with my clam out. So Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Dig it. But, yeah, what what do we got on the docket today? We got some good stuff. So, let's talk about some NHL Seattle like we always do. Um, the net, the, the I mean, it's more just bullshit. I, I've shared a couple things to our Facebook page about articles and talking to uh, Todd Lewicki and whatnot. But um, he, he basically answered questions without answering them. Like, they asked him, hey, what's the name? And he's like, we're... The name is very important to us. <laughs> Robot. And it's like does not compute. Yeah. So it's he just kind of bullshitted the whole thing. But um, it sounds like they are going to take their time and push it out even more. Uh, the latest is that they're going to announce the name around the All Star Game. So we're looking at January, late late January. Why are they doing this to us? Like. What's their deal, you know? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I think maybe they're – I think honestly what they're doing is they're probably screwed because they had Tippett in for so long and he gave them – like he was the one who vetoed Kraken, not saying that I want Kraken, but he was the one – so now you got a new guy in, Tippett's gone, so now it's like a whole different management and you got to kind of turn a 180 with new opinions and new ideas. And Plus I don't think there's like a – I don't think there's a true, like, leader. Like, probably Sockeye. It's true. Probably Sockeye is probably, like, the leader. But, at I mean, it's not, like, the clear front leader. Yeah, I've been saying Sockeye when I talk about the NHL team just to see how it feels, how it tastes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sold on it. But on NHL 19, that's the team that I have is the Seattle Sockeyes. So. I, it rolls off the tongue well. It's not terrible like it's not it's not the best but it's it's certainly not the worst um 
you know me i've always I've, i'm a sucker for nostalgia i, I love the metropolitans call them the mets but mm-hmm. that's that's my two cents I, I understand that there are difficulties behind that but um i mean sockeye's not bad there's there are a lot worse teams yeah, mm, yeah there are um yeah, I, they're just. It just to me, it seems like exactly what you said. They just don't know. I think that's and what it is. They've clearly put out enough feelers, and I think their feelers have. You know, they're data driven. We already know that, and so I'm sure their data is telling them that nobody fucking knows. Right. I think that's the pro- so. biggest thing. Like there is no like even with the fan bases, there's no like clear cut leading. Like, I think I think Sockeye is like the leader right now just by default, but nobody like loves it. Like it's it's the best yeah. option of of the mediocre options, so I, I think that's the leader at the moment. But I don't, I, I just don't think that there's like you know like when Winnipeg got the team back, like it was overwhelmingly everybody wanted the Jets. I mean, granted, yeah, it's an established fan base and and team, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was just there was so much behind that to where like you knew it was going to be the Jets. Whereas here, I just don't, you know, even in Vegas, like Knights. Knights was thrown out really early, the Black Knights, um, just the Knights in general. Uh, and I think I think a lot of people already knew that that was going to be it. And then it, it became the Golden Knights, which I think, you know, the Golden was a little surprising, but not. But everybody knew it was going to be Knights. Whereas here, I mean, I guess the, the closest comparison to that is Sockeye. But I, I just, yeah. it's not, it's not so- bad. It's just not good. Do I mean you? You would know a little more about this. Do the Knights? Do they? Does that have any relevance to Vegas? Like, where did they come up with that? So uh, that was Bill Foley. Uh, Bill Foley is a West Point grad, and he wanted he originally mm. wanted the Black Knights to be in uh, like in in homage to the Army Black Knights, but gotcha. The Army did not like that idea, so he had to go with the Golden Knights. Gotcha. Okay, so and that's because that's that's kind of the the route that I've been going a little bit with my thought process lately is like, does it have to be Pacific Northwest related? I feel like that's what we're forcing, right? Um, and maybe and maybe you know, maybe it just is something random. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you know? maybe something less on the nose. I mean, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think I. Uh, but you're gonna get a lot of, i think because i think you're fighting against two different fan bases like i think the seattle team like the people in seattle y- you've got to balance that because they're you know they're we've got the mariners and the seahawks and that's all it's all and the sounders and it's all themed to seattle and i think if you're gonna True. appease the hometown crowd you've got to do that but you also want to get like a name that's widespread appeal and i think you know, if you go with something like that, like the sockeye, it's just not going to test well with the rest of the country. But then again, you got to keep your fan base. So maybe just do what the people in Seattle want. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't lost any sleep on the name yet, but it sounds like NHL Seattle is definitely losing sleep on it. So. No, well, right. I mean, because it's because it's like I mean, it sounds like the default option right now is Sockeye, and it's not right. bad. Like I don't hate it. Like if they announced the name tomorrow and they said Sockeye, like I wouldn't hate that. And and That's everybody true. that I've talked to sounds like they don't hate it. It's just they don't love it. Love it. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. 
it's a little well, cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest that's the biggest news we got coming out of there. Besides, they got a coach too, right? Or they 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 told us when they want to have a coach. Yeah, they're looking. They want to get one before the twenty twenty one season. So probably probably. I mean, this is really no surprise. It's not like they were going to wait till you know uh, training camp to get a coach, but. Sounds like they're talking about if if the present if they present itself they want a coach before the draft, so yeah. maybe they'll maybe they'll pick somebody up. I th- I think it might be a little too early for that at the moment, uh, in my opinion. But uh, like if like if they announce a coach right now, I think that's a little early. Like you still kind of right. need to like get the organization of the team going. But uh, I, I mean, it'd be exciting to get a coach. Uh, I think we are. One thing that we can't – you and I talked about this a little while ago off podcast, but um, we can kind of start getting – since it's only a year away, we can kind of start getting an idea of what the Seattle team might look like. And while it's kind of difficult to figure out what players, like skaters, will be on the ice, the one thing we can do a decent job of predicting is a goaltender. You know, like Mm -hmm. look at Marc-Andre Fleury. Like basically everybody kind of knew – that he was going to be the goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights just because of the situation that Pittsburgh was in. And I mm-hmm. think as we approach this in Seattle, a lot there's a couple teams that are going to be in this same boat too. Um, personally, I think it's going to be Nashville. Uh, they're going to have a really tough decision on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. I, gosh. I just I can't even think that far ahead. I barely had breakfast this morning. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think you can figure out a good goalie situation, but I, I'd have to dig into the contracts and stuff like that because obviously, you know, they're going to they're gonna want to get... I think what they did with Fleury is that he was uh, unrestricted mm-hmm. or was coming up on unrestricted, and so, you know, it was kind of that sign, you know, get him in there and then sign him real quick, I think, sure. if I remember correctly, so... Um, you know, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that a team like you know I've said it before, but I mean Arizona has two goalies who have shown that they can be starters. Um, you know, so that that's a team. Um, you know, there's other teams around the league that kind of have that that situation where they have two goalies, right? So and that's and that's how, in my opinion, that's how you can narrow it down. Is any team right now that has that like split that timeshare problem at the moment? Those are the ones that are kind of screwed at the moment. Like, so that's why I said mm-hmm. Nashville. Like, Renee and Soros. Like, that's a, you know, Soros is obviously the goalie of the future. So, you know, do they protect the tried and tra- tested veteran, Renee, who has shown moments of brilliance but can't get it done? Or do you go with the guy that you've been grooming for five, four or five years? But I think the only difference for me in that situation is I think, I think Renee is a little older than Flurry was. So if he's got two more years, I mean, I'm looking it up right now to see when when he was born. Um, just looking up to see how old he is. But, sure. you know, at that point, at that point, you know, is it really even worth it? Um, yeah, because, yeah. I, I mean, you don't want anybody too old where it's like, okay, you know, he's going to come in. Yeah, he's 36 now. So, I mean, he would get in there and be 38 and, I mean... You know, is he going to be a Marty Brodeur? Sure. Like, you know, is he going to play until forty plus? I just I, so Nashville. I mean, sure. that, so Nashville probably would make him available during. Like they would probably use their safe on, probably use their keeper on Soros. 
Yeah, and I th- but I think I think at that point, so to that extent, I think you could bring in a guy like Pekka and take someone a little maybe less tried and true, and then have him as the backup, like have have Pekka as the backup so that he can kind of you know mentor a little bit. And uh, if you have a guy that's, I'm trying to think of some situations right now that we're running into with that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, I'll just refer back to Coyotes. I mean, you think about Auntie Ranta is, you know, the guy that's out, and you bring in Pekka behind him. I mean, it's not a terrible tandem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Pekka shows him how to not get hurt every other game. Okay, so follow my logic on this. So, like, I mean, part of part of the allure of Flurry to Vegas was the star power and the name brand. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he, he, brings, he brings a certain uh, flair to the team and a certain celebrity you know people are going to buy and that cu- jersey too people are going to buy that jersey before he even steps on the ice and they did so maybe you know like follow my logic here maybe like a henrik lundquist yeah that's that's another one i know we've talked about is henrik i mean um, I, again he's also old you're right but like that guy i mean he could you know I mean that. People so another would... another one I've heard kicked around is uh, Corey Crawford. Ooh, so that's... if he can if he can stay semi healthy, yeah. um, but I do I do think Leonard will eventually, you know, just because Crawford might be hurt a little bit, I think he'll kind of work his way out or work his way into that starting job. Yeah. Uh, but that's one I've heard too is Corey Crawford coming in there and kind of you know he's got the cups and he can revitalize his career a little bit and um you know it's kind of that flurry mock-up yeah i don't i don't hate that there's just i mean it's just there's some teams where it just doesn't make sense like maybe well i mean even i was about to say florida but Mm -hmm. even that bad you know who's that who's that um montenbalt or whatever his name is montem yeah like do you safeguard do you safeguard bobrovsky and let that guy walk Yeah, I, I mean, I think because they signed Bobrovsky on for what five, six years. Yeah, but I mean, the other team I'd can I, when that. they take him on. I think they just take over the contract. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. I think, yeah, that's not a bad one because I think it depends what Florida's done in those two years. You know what I mean? So if if we're looking at Bobrovsky that couldn't win a fucking playoff game to save his life yeah in those two years he's probably seattle bound so that's 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 a good one too actually that that might be my front runner now yeah Um, that's actually not a i mean now that i'm thinking about it because there are those situations where you've got the established so that could be they got that kid behind mothball too um the Spencer Knight, the guy they just picked up this year. Sure. So, I mean, they got two young goalies that they could, you know, if if in two years Bobrovsky's not getting it done, he's just not getting it done. Oh, um, shit. And, yeah. I have an apology to make to the St. Louis Blues. We were talking about all this time how they needed to get rid of, like, they needed to get rid of Jake Allen. They needed to get rid of Jake Allen. No. The, the, the Armstrong is brilliant. They're going to keep him through this year, and then they're going to expose him in the draft. You think it, you think they would take a chance on Jake Allen? Oh, do I think Seattle would take him? Uh, that I don't know. But it's it's smart for them to keep Jake Allen. It's smart for St. Louis to hold on to him instead of trade him or just let him go to waivers or something. 
you hold on, you use your keeper on Bennington, and then you let you expose Jake Allen to the draft. And, you know, maybe for the price tag, because his contract ends this year, for the price tag, mm-hmm. I mean, they might just, they might take a chance on him maybe with a new surrounding. But, I mean, Bennington is the established starter in St. Louis right now, so. Well, but if he's up this year. Oh, they could just sign him as a free agent. Yeah, well, I mean, but if he's if his contract's up in 2020, the expansion draft's not going to be till 21. Yeah, so it's the next draft. So he would be right. technically. Well, I don't know if the contract because so yeah, they're they're just they're basically saying like okay, we want to see Bennington a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, with the Jake Allen thing, and I rightfully so. I mean, you know, Bennington did just win you a cup. Um, but you know, we've seen like Matt Murray falter a little bit. Um, so you know. We'll see if it's like that. Um, a lot of similarities between those two. Well, I think Matt Murray, I mean, not that they would ever get rid of him, but he he probably wants to go to Seattle because there's a lot of hot topics up there. And like... Mm, like Tight pants. Sp- like Spencer shops, you know? Mm, I love Spencer's gifts, though. Spencer's gifts, yeah. Yeah. That's a great place. They got so many good fart machines. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good, oh, shit. A lot of good grunge music that Matt Murray can right. sit and be depressed to. Oh, he does look like a grunge music guy. Uh, you know, that's just the direction his life went. Poor. Good for him. Yeah, that that kid. I don't know. I, I, Pittsburgh is. I. A lot of people are kind of being optimistic because they're like, oh, you know, any team with Crosby or Malkin on it, this is they got to stand tall. But I'm just, I'm not. I'm not too positive about the Penguins' outlook at the moment. But we could talk about that when we get to that division. We're talking about the Central today, aren't we? We are on the Central Division today. Perfect. We're just going to cut cut the West out, and then we'll jump over to the East. Sure. I like like that. Um, But before we get to the Central real quick, let's talk about uh, about Kuzi um, getting caught with cocaine, (laughs) even though he was already caught with cocaine beforehand. Uh, Yeah. Dude, I mean, come on. Let the man have some damn fun. I don't, it's, you I know? mean, nobody should be shocked about this. They literally caught him on video with cocaine. And then, like, months later, they drug test him and it's like, oh, no way, there's cocaine in you? Like, what? <laughs> Who would have known? Who possibly would have thought that you would have been doing cocaine even though we caught you on video doing cocaine? Oh my god, the drug testing works. Yeah. I love I love the absolute bullshit fucking uh, cop-out that the NHL gave. They're like, unlike the IIHF, we look at cocaine as this, the substance abuse like of a medical issue, and we don't suspend people for it. In fact, we, we send them to drug rehab, and we treat this like a like a, an addiction of some kind and instead of punitive. And it's like, all right, dude, like, first off, you do. We we know why you do this because every fucking player, especially the Russians, probably are doing cocaine. So well, yeah. just fucking shut up. Well, I mean, they basically yeah, because I mean, their, their whole their whole perspective was, you know, that's that's what they, you know, that's what the IHF does, uh, but that's not what we do. Right. We've, it was just it was just like this whole like we're more progressive we're about it. Chill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like we're hip and we're you know. The IHF, like, they still, you know, support, 
<laughs> I can't even think yeah. of a good they're, analogy they're, for it. They still, they, they, they still old school. Yeah, they want to, they want to do prohibition, like for alcohol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is this is fucking hilarious. You know, when it's all just like, horse shit, like they doing it just because they don't want to suspend. Like, like honestly, if it was a lower player, they probably would have fucking not given a shit. Oh, if it was Tom Wilson, he'd be. He's gone. Oh, Tom Wilson you know. be fucked. <laughs> oh, he did cocaine and punch a bunch of babies? <laughs> <laughs> God, get rid of him. Oh, my it's God. It's freaking garbage. Guy's cheap. Hey, speaking of Tom Wilson, uh, kind of segues over. Um, I wonder if Ryan Reeves' uh, brewery is going to be open by the time we go to Vegas. I, you know, I think we did look into that and it wasn't. No, fuck. That's I don't think it was quite going to be done. Okay, well, we'll still have to try some, try some, what is it, 5.7 or 7.5 beer? Yeah. It's 7.5, seven, right? 5.7 was Perlon, I think. That's right. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we'll do it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll shoot them over a, I don't know, what do the kids use these days? Yeah, I have fucking. MySpace message. Maybe shoot him a hat and see if he'd be interested in wearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and just see if he would be willing to maybe be our bodyguard for the week. Oh, I like that. Let's see what I'm saying. He'll be our. Then we might get free beer. He'll be our Mike Tyson uh, in comparison to The Hangover. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Does he have a? Um, does he have a tiger? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could steal Brian Reeves' tiger. He's got a cat, so. Uh-huh. Reeves does. Reeves Reeves looks like a, a cat guy. He does. He's he, a cat guy. He definitely looks like he has a cat. Um but no, back back to uh back to Koozie. Um I I mean, it's there's nothing going to happen with it, you know. They'll, the NHL will make him do some bullshit fucking rehab or something like that and then they'll call it same thing they did with Austin um uh, Watson is it Austin Watson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little different. I mean, Kuzi wasn't going around punching people either. No, but I mean, they're treating it the same way. Like it's true. I mean, it, it's you know, it's like oh, you know, we're not gonna put. Well, fuck. Even they're they're even doing that to uh, Voinov. Like Voinov is basically the only exception of that where they finally took the stand and banned him. But <laughs> um. I just I think it's funny that like not a ton of fans that I've read are outraged about him like not having too small of a uh, you know he didn't really get in trouble and it's because majority of fans probably did it anyways yeah absolutely so <laughs> like, <yeah>. cocaine <laughs> yeah I've done PCP like. right honestly yeah some people are just like <laughs> oh fucking uh, that's that yeah that's pussy shit oh yeah because the nhl said well we don't see this as a performance enhancing drug oh god okay (laughs) (laughs) so they basically basically the nhl on a high level came out and said this is simply a party drug that our players are cool to do yeah they they have literally just basically (laughs) said they're okay with it which is which i mean is fine like i mean i'm sure a lot of these people would have failed for it, but then again, fucking Nate Schmidt got suspended for like having a grain oh, of God, a grain of sand of like some sort of fucking uh, performance. Yeah, okay, maybe maybe I'm kind of pissed off about that now. <laughs> it changed your whole day. Yeah, now what time is it? <laughs> fuck, God damn it! 
God damn it. It's going to be a long night for you. Ugh. You're just pissed. You're just going to be walking, pacing around the house. Fucking Schmidt. Fucking Schmidt. God damn has fucking a, a grain of sand worth of, like, not even steroids, but whatever, but Koozie's fucking snorting lines of cocaine, and he's, and it's, it's cool. Like, right next to him. He's down, he's down in Mexico right next to him. He's like, dude, telling you, you shouldn't have taken that vitamin. This shit. <laughs> this shit's good. And I know the NHL is going to be cool with it. <laughs> just, snort, just snorting lines on the bench, but Schmidt's leaving like a GMC. And he's just like immediately tackled. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come with us. Kuzi could have Pablo Fantastic. Escobar. Kuzi could have Pablo Escobar on the fucking bench with him, and the NHL's just like, nah, he's fine. <laughs> Get a whole sweatshop of workers chopping up fresh cocaine for him on the bench. Uh huh. Right, right next to right next to Ovechkin, who's drinking Coca Cola on the bench. Uh, speaking of Ovi, did you see him do the like jetpack the water jetpack thing? Yes, I did. That was hilarious. Fucking hilarious. Like, god damn it, that guy's living his best life at is he like sixty now? How gray is that hair? <sighs> Boy, that's some that's some graying hair right there. I, I feel that's like I feel like beaches. he's in he's in like Martin Broder, Chris Chelios territory. Mm-hmm. He just needs to shave he needs to go the full Getzloff. He does. Jesus Christ. Okay. Just oh, a, do you wanna football. speaking of, um I mean Getzlov is, is not you tried to. I saw what you tried to do there, yeah, I and see. I will accept it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, let's let's talk about the Central Division of the National Hockey League. Let's start at the bottom. Well, let me okay. from last year. Hold on. Let me pull. So let me pull them up. Let me pull them up. Okay. So last year was what the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. This year. Is also going to be the Minnesota Wild. God, I mean, I mean, the best thing they did was so. Actually, we didn't talk. Did we talk about Fenton getting fired? Uh, no, I think it happened in the middle. Okay, well, in any case, so. any case, I mean, maybe a little bit. Fenton getting fired is probably the greatest thing that they've done in that organization in a long time. I actually listened to the interview with um the athletic um with the athletic like beat reporter and he's just like yeah the guy was like richard nixon like he was just paranoid all the time that there were leaks in the organization and <laughs> it's just i mean fucking watergate dude yeah exactly it's uh, it's fucking i am not a crook <laughs> perry the best nito nito writer was a crook <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Nino, you know Nino was a crook. Nino, Nino, Nita Ryder was just awful. We needed, we needed, uh, we needed Victor Rask to increase our water bottle filling abilities. <laughs> oh shoot, Fenton. Was yeah, it was Fenton, right? Yeah, oh, and then and then they hired they hired a new GM. Uh, what's his name? I think it's Fanton. That's the new one. Fanton. <laughs> yeah, this. I mean, it, it'll help. I Fenton did enough damage, though. I don't think 
There's still no, the not team is gonna be anything. They're just fucked. No, it'll. I mean, it'll turn the team around. Maybe like they'll, like there'll be a new sense of like, okay, we can finally start fresh. But um, yeah, Bill Guerin. I, Bill Guerin is his name. Bill Guerin. That's right. Um, I think they'll start off. I think they'll start off okay. Um, just with that, like that mentality of like it's you know it's a whole new team, and then they'll realize that they're still fucking worthless. They're just so um they're just so average. Like they're just not like we do this every year with the Minnesota Wild. And it's sad because Minnesota is such a hotbed for hockey and that fan base deserves a good team. And it just like they're just the they're just the champions of averageness. Like they never they're never terrible, but they just they never have what it takes to push over that threshold of being great and I, I just, I mean, now that Fenton's gone, I think they can finally do that. The door is open to do that, but with the current roster, that aging roster, I just feel like they're just they're they're doomed for another season of averageness. Like they might be a bubble team, and they'll they'll just suck. I mean, they're just going to be, you know, okay. So, hear me out on this. Okay, is this is this like a smaller version of like the? Toronto of America. Ooh, yes. Where this is this is a fan base that is super hockey knowledgeable. Um, where you know, then then the people uh, like GMs and, and owners and things like that just feel that extra pressure because these people actually know hockey, and then they that just is a very. Shit. That was a very good comparison. I it's, I mean not because that it doesn't carry over to all teams like i mean there are other teams that have rabid fan bases that are like boston i mean boston that's that's a great example of like you know them rising to the occasion when they have a fan base that's that knows its stuff well but, but i would argue, i mean uh, one of the criticisms of boston during the playoffs was that their fans like weren't like the building wasn't that lively it was it was kind of more like rich people buying out the lower bowl and like you know, they're like, "Oh, yeah. how dro- how very drab!" Oh. <laughs> Twirling their mustaches. Yes, exactly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I think in Toronto you've got that mentality too. Because I fuck, I haven't priced out tickets in Toronto ever, but I'm sure that they're not cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's just. It's just a perfect storm in Minnesota. Well, you have kind of that pressure from uh, you know a, a town that knows hockey or, or you know a state that knows hockey, and um, the combination of that and shitty management, you know. Yeah. Um, I, and one thing one thing management did come in and say is that they believe in Bruce Boudreau, um, and I think I think that's fair. I'm just curious to see how long of a of a chance that they give him. Uh, I hope I hope new management doesn't come in and go. Oh, this is a good team. Like we just need a couple, like fourth liners here, and we're good to go. And expect playoffs. Like y- you gotta know you're you're gonna be battling for Lafreniere or whatever the fuck his name is. That's I, that's my opinion. I don't think they're that good. I agree. I I think I think while while a total rebuild is not in the cards because they definitely have some guys there that you could build a team around. Um, I think. I mean, there's just there's just some guys there that are too old. You've got that roster. I mean, Koivu is... I mean, how long has Koivu been associated with the Minnesota Wild? Pretty much his entire mm-hmm. career. And he's just been, you know, like he's kept the team relevant, but 
you know, sometimes sometimes you got to pull a Rick Nash trade where you get rid of the like. Yes, I understand he's the marquee of your team, but you've got to shake things up sometimes and spread the talent around a little bit and stop hoping that you know Rick Nash is going to get you that championship and just drag your team into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's really only. I'll give you two and a half guys that uh, up front I think are even worth my time. Stahl and then Zuccarello. Um, I think Parise is my half. I don't think he's – I just – he's going to play half a season again. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that – I mean, even that doesn't really scare me. I mean, Parise is aging. Uh, Stahl is aging. Uh, he had – you know, he's, he's done well since he's been there. But, I mean, you know, he's not – yeah, he's not going to carry you to playoffs, I don't think. Um, and Dumba on the back end's good, but you know, Suter Suter has fallen off a little bit. He's getting old. Um, but then from there, it's just you know, Jared Spurgeon's going to take you. I just, I, yeah, I'm just a little little hesitant on them. I think their back end is better than their f- forward group, but yeah, I'm not high on them. So. Let's let's kind of tie before we move on from Minnesota. Let's tie in our fantasy talk at the end. Let's let's do this. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Minnesota roster here on Daily Faceoff. Who are we looking at? Give me your top six guys to pick up from the Minnesota Wild for fantasy. Top six is a lot, dude. So I'm looking. You know, I'll give you I'll give you my six real quick. So I'm gonna go with Devin Dubnik because even though even though the team struggles their average he usually puts up good fantasy numbers you're not might not necessarily get the w's but he puts up good percentages he's never low on that front um jarrett spurgeon is always a solid defensive pick he never i mean years past he's always been kind of underrated and quiet um i certainly don't there's definitely nothing wrong with that um same with ryan sutter i i like the i like their blue line you know, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Sutter, and even Matthew Dumba a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hate those, so that's we'll call that four. And then I'll use my last offense, too, for... I mean, I had Eric Stahl last year. I'm going to skip on him. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Jason Zucker and Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't mind any of that. Um, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think Devin Dubnik is someone that you can't... I mean... Goalies are a premium, and I mean this. You look at you look at Wild's top four. Uh, Jonas Brodin's okay. Um, you know, I know you like Spurgeon. I'm not as high on him. Um, he's just he's a little too small. Um, Ryan Suter and then Matt Dumba. So I think their their top four is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so a goalie in that situation is going to be a lot better pick than some of these forwards that you know. Kevin Fiala. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at his season last year and go, okay, is he gonna do anything more than that? I mean, he'll probably come up a little bit from that, but I don't. He's not but, anybody I'm taking on this. It's super deep. But on that line, they've got him with. So daily faceoff right now has him with Zach Parise and Luke Kunin. And I just sorry, I don't think Kevin Fiala's the uh, the missing puzzle no. piece on that line to make it good. Mm-mm. Yeah. So for me, the forward group. I mean, really the. Only people I'm taking. Um, I don't even like Jason Zucker. Um, I think you. I think Zuccarello, and I think I think I'm taking a flyer on Stall because I still think he's the top line guy. And if he's if he's going to play with Zuccarello, you know that those two are going to probably carry that roster a little bit. Um, I, I'm not taking him anywhere close to the top, even ten rounds. I mean, 
you know, he's he's a guy that's going to fall for sure. I don't, I just don't think he's going to be doing much fantasy wise. So I say, I it, you're right. You're, I mean, you totally could be right. I might be a little biased because I had him last year, and he just did. I mean, he'd go on these long stretches of just doing absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. So maybe maybe I'm just a little biased on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that team last year was garb though. Yeah, I think I think they'll be a little better this year, but not not enough. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Let's let's bump up to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um. So yeah, this this so last year, I mean, they just they ran into issues that we all know their defensive issues. Um. Obviously, goaltending. You know, but shit. I mean, you know, you talked about it, especially as from a betting standpoint. You knew this team was scoring at least three goals a game. Uh, you know, it just so happens the reason that they ended with 84 points is because they were scoring, you know, three or four goals a game, and the other team was scoring five or six. Yeah. You know? So um, this this team got way better, in my opinion. This, you know, I, I'm not sure who's going to fall out of that top five. I, I mean, I think we can both agree that it's going to be five from the central probably again. Um you know, so I'm not sure who's going to fall out of that top five, so that Chicago has, uh, uh, you know, can make the playoffs. Um, but you know, they were only six points behind behind Colorado, so I think you know Colorado did get better too. But yeah, I think I think Chicago is, I think Chicago did enough in the off season to, I think they'll be back in the playoffs. I really do. I think I think they did enough, and and that second line of Strom and DeBrincat is. Uh, filthy so i i i agree um i think they did enough to like i I still think they've got problems on their defensive line um, oh yeah but i think it's it's a little more solid like duncan duncan keith is probably he's definitely not the offensive juggernaut that he used to be but but paired up with uh eric gustavson he doesn't need to be he he can pass Mm -hmm. the puck to that guy now um the addition of calvin dehan you know that's that's a solid you know you know middle um, middle guy skating with Brent Seab. Now Seabrook is Seabrook and Connor Murphy are my two problems with this team because they even they even got they picked up Ali Mata, which I know he kind of he disappointed in Pittsburgh because I think a lot of people had high expectations for him to be that that power play anchor. But I think mm-hmm. if you put him in a position where he's not expected to do that, I think he's a solid defenseman. So I I think they tweaked it a little bit, and then all they did was just. I mean, they powered their offense even more. They've got Andrew Shaw now uh, rounding mm-hmm. out a fourth line um, right now. So they don't even on daily fist off. They don't even have Kirby Doc on this, and I honestly think he's going to get a crack at the roster. Uh, yeah, I think I think you'll see him in a third. I think his best spot would be a third line role. So I think I think he would play with guys like Perlini. I honestly I think Shaw will be a third line. So I think it'll be Perlini, Doc, and and Shaw on that third line, which that's that's pretty solid. I mean, you got. You got a vet and Shaw that would, you know, kind of help the younger guys out. Um, so I don't think Daily Faceoff is full. You know, this is this is a little off. I also think uh, Boakvist, Boakvist, whatever the defenseman they took last year in the draft, I think he'll actually squeak their top six. I think he's that good. So I think you see a guy like Connor Murphy drop off. Um, I, I just, I, I think he's, you see him at the seventh D, and you know, Boakvist is in there. Um, but only Mata on, I think. Will bump up and Calvin DeHaan and Bokefist will be that third pairing, and so I mean, if you you know looking at it like this, the way that Daily Faceoff has it set up, that's not a bad defense core. It's just not great, and it's not 
not proven, right? Um, you know, Keith and Seabrook are the only ones that have had any kind of success. Uh, Gustafsson last year, but you know, yeah, I I think the the question mark is how long is Corey Crawford going to go? And you know, but what they did in Leonard is they brought in a guy who, you know. Trotz had a good defensive system, but I don't think they had good defensemen, right? And so you're bringing in a guy like Leonard who has played, he played all of last season in front of a top or you know, top six D that, I mean, weren't great. I don't think there's many teams that would look at it and go, oh, I would take that top six. That's, you a, know? that's a great point. You, I mean, you, this is going to be a gut check time for Robin Leonard because he is going yep. from a defense first like probably arguably the team that had the best defense last year to a team that has arguably one of the worst defenses in the league so i think he's going to be a lot more tested we'll see if that's if he can play to that style um because i think that's always been Corey crawford's problem like you know critics of Corey crawford have always said that the guy has benefited from having such a powerhouse of an offense that even when he did make mistakes they were overlooked because the offense could bail him out. But now mm-hmm. since the offense, I mean, the defense has just gotten worse. I, it's going to be a real gut check time. I, I think he's going to be able to step it up, especially over Corey Crawford. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think even Cur- – uh, you were talking about Kirby Doc. Uh, I think he might even see some second line time. Stick him in between uh, – if you stick him in – because he's a center, I believe. Stick him mm-hmm. in between Alex DeBrincat and Dylan Strom. I I think uh, that could be a solid second line. Yeah, my my only concern with that is um, a rookie playing second line minutes against the top top line uh, it concerns me a little bit. So I, I mean, I, I think you would bump him over to a wing if you were to do that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who Dylan Sakura is. Yeah, I don't know him either. Him up there, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, th- so this team I think will bump into the playoffs. Um, I think, you know, looking at the standings from last year, um, you know, I think Dallas got a little better. I think uh, Nashville, you know, I think Nashville kind of is a wash, uh, to so, but they'll still finish up towards that top. Um, you know, Winnipeg, I think, actually got a little worse. I think St. Louis, you know, didn't do much. Um, but I still think, you know, those are the top three. So I think you'll see Dallas or Colorado drop out and let Chicago in. Oh, okay. Well, so let's so real quick, um, fa- for fantasy purposes, to mm-hmm. move on from Chicago, uh, I I think Leonard is a good speculative late later round goalie pick. I don't good, certainly good wouldn't third goalie. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't use him for my top. Like if you've got nothing left, don't be afraid to pick him. But that I mean, I wouldn't use my first goalie pick on him for by any means. Um, mm-hmm. A little on later on down the road. Um, uh, moving on to, I mean, Gustavs- Gustavsson is a solid defensive pickup. Um, I think he's probably going to be one of the top defensemen to go uh, just because he's an offensive defenseman on a very offensive team. Um, who else do we got? Obviously, DeBrincat, but he's probably not going to be available. Kane, obviously, not probably not going to be available. He'll probably be a keeper. Um, Dylan Strom is a solid pickup just because of who he's going to be skating with, and he's got a lot of chemistry with DeBrincat. Uh, mm-hmm. Taze, obviously, and then I think even um, God, who would probably be my last one? Uh, I guess I'll I'll be easy and say Crawford because I mean Crawford will probably split time with Leonard. So, 
Yeah, I think if you take Crawford, you better have Leonard. Yeah, you you probably need to handcuff him, honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would. I would do the same. I don't think there's anyone else on there that really intrigues me. I mean, maybe Keith if you're if you're super if you're hurting for D late in the draft, but um, you know, just because he's got access to those that top six is pretty pretty solid looking. So. Your power play is going to be pretty good, so we'll see. Say so for for realistic purposes, I mean, guys that could be speculative that will be actually available. Like Kane, Kane, Taze, and DeBrincat are probably going to be keepers. So um, mm-hmm. you're looking at Sod, Strom, you know, maybe Andrew Shaw if he gets uh, bumped up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean that's about it, honestly. And those are kind of speculative at this point. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Cool. All right, let's scoop up to the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado. This, I mean, look, they, they, my biggest question mark with them, goaltending, can it, can it repeat, you know, was Grubauer the guy? Um, and then they, they have a young D core. So they have a lot of young D Obviously, I mean, you can't get away from McKinnon and Rountonen and, and Landeskog. You can't get away from those guys. Um, but they're a very young decor, which just which just tells me, you know, they're going to have to fight some fires at the beginning of the season, and then, you know, those guys will probably start coming around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think this team is – they are on the precipice of something. Like, there is definitely a solid core here to build around. Um, I don't think I, I'm just I'm a little skeptical of their offseason trades. I mean, they brought in Nazem mm-hmm. Kadri, they got rid of Tyson Berry. I I'm kind of I think honestly I think Toronto for what they needed. I think Toronto got the better of this trade. I just don't think Nazem oh, yeah. Kadri is gonna really help that second line as much as they think. I mean, he's an up he's definitely an upgrade over. Um, uh, it wasn't Hoffman. Soderberg. Brassard. Brassard. Derek Brassard. Brassard, yeah. Um, he's definitely an upgrade over that, but I just don't... I, I mean, they tra- They got rid of Tyson Berry, which, I mean, their weakness has always been... They've got... I mean, I'm looking at this defensive... I mean, Samuel Girard, Eric Johnson, that's okay. But Zadarov, and then... I mean, Kale, Kale McCarr, you can... He's it, good. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. Um, all right, so maybe, maybe the top four is not terrible, but Zadarov... Uh, continuing and Rosen. I mean, they're just no names. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I'd be curious to see if they pull Byram in here as early as you know to do the full season. You know that I'm I'm just I'm curious to see it because this their third pairing is just brutal. Like yeah. I would almost rather have a rookie that you know could potentially even do. You know th- this this to me reminds me of. Um, the kid on New Jersey, Butcher, who was basically a third pairing D, but mm-hmm. was so offensive that they just they were like, okay, you know, you you're here and you're going to be on the power play and play twelve minutes a game. Sure. So you know, I wonder if they do something along those lines because yeah, Kevin Connaughton and Kale Rosen, I don't even know who that is. So, no. um, you know, that's that's not that doesn't excite me at all. So I can see them doing that. I just, I don't think, I mean, I think you have to break up that top line, too, for them to have any success. Um, yeah. You know, and I it just, 
so they, I mean, besides their three and maybe Kadri, I'll give Kadri a little bit of love. But besides their, you know, realistically their top three, everybody else is so untested. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a guy like Valerie Nachuskin. I'm looking at a guy like Matthew Nieto. These, I mean, these are guys that like, you know, their team they just haven't panned out to be anything. And so Colorado's kind of taking that chance. Like, someone's gotta fucking come and and help us on that second line. Well, and Kadri's you know, Burakovsky, same thing. Kadri's shown that like, if a spotlight gets on him for too long, he starts fucking wanting to murder people. So yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, you've got to take that into consideration, too, of whether or not he's going to do something stupid. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think what would be extremely beneficial for this team, and this is this is just daily face-off, the way that they have it set up. Um, I, I think you put Landeskog with Kadri, um, and just kind of, you just kind of got to spread the love a little bit, um, which mm, I'm sure they'll, okay. they'll probably do that. Um, but this, you know, because... Your, your top line can go score two, three goals a game. With this second, third, and fourth, you're going to get scored on four or five goals a game. It just yep. with a younger D, I mean, not a great defense core, and really, you know, no forwards that are, you know, intimidating whatsoever. Um, and, you know, Philip Grubauer's got to show the world that he can do it again or, you know, do what he did at the well, end of the season. He's got to show that he, yeah, he, he's got to show that he can be consistent. Right. So we'll, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's that okay. Yeah. This all being said, we're going to be tough on them, but I think they sneak into the playoffs only because calling back to our last episode, the Pacific is just so weak that I think that Colorado could do what they did last year and steal one of those wild card spots. I'm going to disagree with you. This is this is the team, and it sucks because Nathan McKinnon that top that top line is good. I think for me, this is the team that is on the outside looking in not by a lot, but they're definitely, you know, I, I think, I think Dallas is a better team than them. And I think, uh, Chicago got quite a bit better. So, Ooh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, fantasy wise, who are you taking? Who are you looking at besides, besides the top three? We already know those three are going. Yeah. I mean, Landis McKinnon and Renton are probably our in keepers anyway. So, um, right. Christ. I mean, there's just not a lot here. Uh, Nazem Kadri, uh Comper has moments like a speculative flyer maybe in the way late rounds because he's got some power play time. Um uh Sam Gerard, Eric Johnson, you could take a speculative flyer on Kale McCarr. Uh and then I mean Grubauer only because Grubauer is like the designated starter and you can't really mm-hmm. pass up on that. So that's that's right. kind of who I would be eyeing. I don't I mean Tyson Jost is he's forgettable. Buka uh, Karowski, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> you want me to help you on that one? <laughs> Whoever the fuck he is. That's uh, Burakovsky. That's the guy from uh, Capitals. Burakovsky. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, he, so, and he didn't do anything there. Like, he was supposed to be right. He was supposed to be backing up uh, Kuzi and Ovi, and it just didn't really pan out. So, um, I, I just don't. This team is real top-heavy. And I just don't see a lot of depth here. Kadri, Kadri, now that he's in a second line role, he might be worth it. Um, mm-hmm. but, That's a flyer for me. That's a late round flyer. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I, I mean this this team this team is not like something that you know you got one guy going in every round. Like the top three are gone probably in the first round, if not already being kept. And then you're and then the next person's probably getting picked up in way later rounds. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think really the only the only three besides the top three and Grubauer that I would be looking at Kadri later rounds. I, I you know if he's there and I have nothing better, I might take him. Um, defenseman. So I mean Samuel Gerard. He's I think he's going to take a step forward. He's a pretty solid young uh, little French guy. Um, Eric Johnson. You know depends depends when when he was available. Um, Kale McCarr. I think that that's someone that I think will end up being the top pairing so i think gerard he'll actually end up beating gerard out um and and be that top power play guy and so that's a sneaky pick for me uh that could just that could be a safe sitting there that could be a safe gamble like i mean cam yeah. mccarr like his sample size is small he only played 10 games but um right. I, I mean it's 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 a safe it's a safe bet i think he'll they'll give him a lot of looks and allow him a lot of like second chances if he fucks up so, I that's that yeah I I mean that's a safe gamble. I would be okay taking him as a fourth or fifth D, um, but there are some circles that are super high on him, so I can actually see people taking him as a third or fourth. Sure. Um, but you know, and then I I during preseason and stuff like that, I'm going to be watching Byram real real close because I, I do think he, knowing Sackick, he's probably not going to be in the NHL next year. Um, I think yeah. Sackick will look at his roster and go, ah, fuck. Um, more than, more than, oh, okay, we're going for it. You know what I mean? So I think, I think he'll sit another, uh, another year not in the NHL. I think, I think he's OHO. I don't, I don't remember what it is. I think he'll be junior eligible. And but I, you know, I can see him getting a, a ten game tryout. See what happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. fantasy wise. That's what I'm looking at. Gotcha. All right, let's move on to the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, huh? I oh. I really like this team. Um, I as much as I think, uh, as much as I think Corey Perry is not going to help them, I do think Joe Pavelski slotting into that second line is is going to be solid. Um, yep. I th- this team has got a lot of depth, which I like. Um, the defense is really solid. Um, even Roman Polak, that I mean, their their lowest guy on here is not. You know he's not gonna light up the lamp, but he's he, he's okay. Um, you've got a gr- you've got the makings of a great power play unit here, and the duo of Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin. I mean that's a that's a great one-two punch on the on the back end. You've got yeah. you've got a solid team here. They're I mean they're playoff bound, and I mean I would at least ride them to the second round. Yep, I agree. That's why I mean between the two, between Dallas and Colorado, if a team is dropping out for me, it's that's why it's Colorado. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Jamie Ben Sagan and Radulov. Um, the the benefit that Dallas has is they don't have to move those guys, right? Yep. Whereas Colorado yep. probably needs to break those three up to kind of at least have you know like two lines, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas. You got hints here. You got Pavelski as a second line center. I mean, that's a first line center guy in your number two hole. Um, and then I really do think I think they'll play Pavelski with Perry. Um, and so you have Perry, Pavelski, and Hints, and I think that's that's a pretty solid second line. Um, and then you got a bunch of you know prove yourself guys and some guys kind of Cogliano is one of my favorite players. He's just a fucking workhorse. So. Um, he's great on the penalty kill. So, I mean, this, their third and fourth is built how their third and fourth is supposed to be. It's, you know, those are the guys that are going to go give them energy. 
uh, play against those top lines. I mean, you know, yeah, they're, they're looking good. They look solid. Um, yeah. You're right. Pollock on, on that fourth pairing, or that second pairing, but fourth D, it's a little sketchy. Um, but he's he's proven to be, you know, he's a he's a respectable defenseman. I mean, you can roll him out, um, you know. He's, he's not going to win any beauty awards, but he's definitely, he'll play some defense for you. Sure. Um, you know, and then, I mean, Bishop is top three goalie in my opinion so sure top, so uh, i'll give him top five but sure yeah uh, so, that definitely is nice so fantasy let's let's real so the keepers i mean jamie ben's probably gonna be kept in leagues sagan's mm-hmm. probably kept in leagues even probably radlov huh radlov kept in leagues uh, I, I think pavelski gets kept over radulov i think radulov will be an early round okay um, okay you know but I, I think they're they're depends how weak their team is some people might sure. keep them Sure. If they okay. So, um, so I so which other so which uh which either or you think is not being kept in your league, uh, Radlov or Joe Pavelski, obviously. Uh, like I said, Jimmy Ben and Tyler Tyler Sagan will probably be keepers if not there. I mean, they're they're in the top. Um, guy that flew under the radar last year that I was a huge fan of, uh, Rube mm-hmm. Hints. Hints is going to be. I mean, that's a this is he is pretty much slated to be on that second line, and this second line looks pretty solid to me. Yep. Um, Rupe Hintz is definitely late, I mean, late rounder. Yeah. Don't don't forget about this guy. He is he is going places, and he's shown that he can. Di- he he had a great playoffs. He had a great end of the season. Um, don't don't let that guy fall off your roster. Um, uh, Lindell, Klingberg, Heiskanen. I mean, God, if, if there's a team that had keepers for defensemen, I, I, probably nobody would waste a keep waste a keeper, but use a keeper on a defenseman, but. I mean, all three of those guys, Esselindel, Klinberg, and Heiskanen, you could easily, I mean, they're, they're top top three defensemen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Lindell of those three are the only one, the, that's the only one that I'm waiting a little bit on. Um, really, his value is being on that top pairing with Klingberg. I don't think sure. he's that great of a player. Um, but Heiskanen and Klingberg, I mean, it depends how deep the league is. Klingberg... I think for sure should probably be. It depends how many keepers you have, but he's he's by far their best defenseman on this team. And then Heiskanen is good. I mean this this kid's just as good as uh, Rasmus Dahlin. And you know this. So if you're keeping a guy like Dahlin and you have Heiskanen, I probably wouldn't keep both. But you know he he's on that level. So um, yeah, I think for me the only D on this team I'd be looking to keep are Heiskanen and Klingberg. But I mean, a guy like Lindell is is a good, realistically third, fourth, fifth D in your league. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, Ben Bishop too back there. Yeah, I mean he he probably it depends how deep the league is for goalies. He's probably a keeper on someone's team. Uh, depends how many yeah. keepers you have. So like I have a I have a league with five keepers. I think it's five, maybe it's six. Um, and we keep one goalie. So I mean you just you just do or else you're fucked. Right, <laughs> so, right. You know, and and he's he's easily a top 5 goalie, so. Sure. No, I Yeah, I, a lot I, of fantasy I, on this on this team. There a lot of fantasy relevance on this team. I think a lot I think the Dallas Stars if you're I mean I mean you could even t- if you're in deep leagues, I mean even Fo- uh, Foxa and Perry, mm-hmm. you know, they could be yeah. useful in some capacity. So uh yeah. I think yeah, this Dallas Stars are gonna. You're gonna see a lot of Dallas Star names popping up 
all over the draft rounds. Yep. Agreed. And I think I think this team slides in. I think I actually think they'll jump to a third. I, I think you and I are aligned a little bit that we both think Winnipeg's gonna fall a little bit. Agreed. Um, we'll we'll get we'll get there in so, a second. Um yeah. so St. Louis Blues. Blues are still good. Surprisingly. Um, they've lost I, nobody was nobody's telling you that, but they're still they're still pretty good. So, I mean, in my opinion, they, they've gotten a little worse because they lost a couple depth guys. Now, I understand mm-hmm. that that's not a huge deal, but, I mean, it's it's not going to be the exact same. I just, I don't mean to be down on them. There's definitely, like, if the stars align again and they can replicate what they did last year, then, yeah, this team is definitely top, like, one of the top, if not the top in the league. But they're just going to have to show me again that they can, that they can do it. You know, like, I don't... Yep. I don't mean to be a St. Louis hater, but it's one of those things of like, I don't know. Was it, was it overall skill and this team was just sleeping all year and can do this at any time? Or was this a stars that align? Everything is clicking, you know, once in a lifetime thing where, and I don't, I don't necessarily have the answer to that. I think, I think it's possible. Like you said, they haven't lost too much. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just not I'm just not convinced that this roster is, and I and I think a lot of people would agree with me. It, it, it's not I just don't see it as elite, like consistently elite. Like I I honestly see I honestly see, see St. Louis kind of doing with not not to the extent they did last year, but I see them kind of being mediocre for the first part of the year. Yeah, I'll, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think this lineup is still still pretty damn solid. I'm, the only problem I have with this lineup is they're one year older, right? Yeah, yep. Um, you know, you look at guys like Steen, he's getting older. You look at Bozak, he's getting older. You look at Perron, he's getting older. Um, but they still, they're top four, you know, they're four top forwards, Riley, Shen, Tarasenko, and Schwartz. That's still pretty damn good. Yeah, that's I mean, just, that, I mean, that to me... Yeah, that to me, that's I mean, that's just as good if if not better than Dallas's. Um, you know, I think I think you know, you got guys like Zach Sanford who's ready to make a little bit of a push. You got guys like Robert Thomas is a is a great player and I think we end up seeing him more in a second line role. Yep, I agree. Um he showed up in the playoffs. He's he's a good he's got some skill. So yeah. I see Sammy um, I see Sammy Blay dropping down a little bit on that. I do too. So I think you know. I think they're. I think they're very relatable to Dallas. Um, I think what Dallas has on St. Louis, um, you know, it's it's nothing against. You can't look at a goalie like Bennington and go, you know, oh, he won the cup, but he's not any good. Right. Um, I know Bishop is good. Right. I I know Bennington had a good season. He had a good half of a season. Can he play a full season? Um, can he replicate yeah. with teams now have video on him? Um, you know, all this stuff. And like, I, I think he'll regress a little bit. He's still a, a good goalie, but I think he'll regress a little bit. And I think that's, that's where this team falters a little bit. Um, but you know, their D they got, they got three good D, um, and really, you know, they, they have it spread out on daily faceoff pretty good, but a guy like Bo Meester, Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo are, are your thirds next to your top three so i don't have a problem um, with this defensive i mean i like all six of these defensemen to be completely honest with you yeah me too so this yeah this this team i think is going to be um 
I think they'll, they'll be a little bit worse than last year, um, but I think they'll be more steady. I think I don't think they'll have the first half of the season like they did last year. I think they'll all they're all familiar with each other. They just went and won a cup, um, so there'll be a little bit of a hangover. But you know, I, I don't think it'll last that long. I think this team will get off to a better start and then just be a little more consistent. You know? They'll normalize. So they fi- they'll no- yeah. Yeah, so I think they finish right around where they were this year. Um, they'll just, you know, it won't be this shitty first half, unbelievable second half, right? It's going to be more, yeah, more, more normal. Agreed, agreed. Um, as far as fantasy goes, I mean, especially in our our fantasy league, I know Jordan Bennington will not be available, so, um, but yep. it... And rightfully so, from a Blues fan. Sure, exactly. Our 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 biggest Blues fan in our league has Bennington, so makes total sense. Um, our Blues sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, defenseman. I mean, you know, all of these guys. If you're looking for, you've got. I'm not necessarily saying that any of these are your top D men. You know, Petro. I'm not a huge fan of, but Pareko's solid. Vinny Dunn. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably not going to be in that third line. Um, Mm-mm. I mean, I don't mind this defense at all. All these guys are probably worth, whether it be in the you know cop, top couple of rounds or maybe even just some depth speculative, like rotating out, need a seventh D-man kind of thing, or a, mm-hmm. or a fifth D-man kind of thing. Um, you know, it, you know, Bo Meester, you know, he is, he's solid. He's not good, but he's certainly not bad. Um, and then as for your top line, I mean... I think this is one of those teams. Like, Tarasenko's going to be kept. Ryan O'Reilly will probably be kept. But Perron will be available. Shen mm-hmm. might be available. Schwartz might be available, maybe, depending on, you know, he might be that. He's worth a keeper, but maybe he might be that fourth man out or whoever, mm-hmm. depending on how many keepers you have. Um, I, it, there's definitely, this team is de- this team is deep. And there's oh. a, there's enough guys on this team to where you could get some speculative flyers on a lot of these depth players like um, Thomas, Bozak, Sanford, um, hell, even Alex Steen if you really wanted to. Yeah, so this forward group, like if Robert Thomas is available late in the round, I mean, so I'm in a 14 team also. In the 14 team, if Robert Thomas is there late and he's, you know, I'm feeling good about his preseason. I'm probably taking him. Yep, I agree. He, I think he's that good. He's got some skill to him. Um, I agree. Yeah, I I don't. I, so Gunnarsson, Bomeister, and Bertuzzo, I think are the three on that six that I I probably wouldn't touch. Um, I think most leagues will be deep enough that you don't have to touch them. Um, right. But I think Dunn, Pareko, and Petrangelo all have a spot on uh, on a team. Um, I think Petrangelo is just like like you said, you're not as high on him. Um, I think he's more of a second or third D. Um, but you know, Pareko I think can be in that same that same range, maybe more of a th- uh, of a three four. But then I think Vince Dunn is also a three four. So uh, th- yeah, this team's this team's got some fantasy also. I like it's a good it. Team. Yep, it's a, it's a deep team that that. Uh... I can I can see St. Louis Blues players being sprinkled across all the rounds. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I think we already talked about what we think they're going to do. I mean, St. Louis is going to they're they're a playoff team with the division that they're in with the with how the West is looking. They're a playoff team, uh, probably in the top top three. May, you know, yep. maybe if they if they struggle, they might drop to a wild card. But they're they're a playoff mm-hmm. they're a playoff team, and I I see them I see them making a decent. A decent effort to defend the cup. Yep. 
Cool. Um, Winnie, let's go. Winnie right. Pegs. All right. Now, this is the team that you and I, I think, are in agreement on that's going to have some regression. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be as severe. I don't. I don't think we're as harsh on them as some. Like, there's some analysts right now that are like, "Dude, this team is gonna falter big time." And I just, I, I don't buy it. Um, but I mean, they they are gonna they're gonna struggle a little bit, especially on the back end. They're gonna struggle pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little worried about the back end. They're they're gonna score some goals. You know, we we already know that. Um, but sure. I think yeah, they're they're so so short on the backside that I would have liked I just think with cap space they couldn't bring anybody in uh-huh. um, you know and, and or couldn't sign guys like Myers and, and Truba and stuff like that uh, but that's too big defensemen for them um, you know the reason that they've had success in the last you know couple of years is those two two guys being you know a third and fourth D or whatever um so yeah, I'm just that's what concerns me. But I still think I still think this team falls in. So I still think the, they, the, but they're they're not going to be second. I don't think the the defense or the the offense is an, like those top two lines are solid enough to get them into a playoff spot. There's enough talent there. Yeah. But God, I just I really don't like this this defense. Uh, I don't. I mean, you got Dustin Buff, Bufflin, Josh Morrissey on the first line. And then after that, I don't even know who these fucking people are. Kulikov is a good shutdown D, um, but I think I think you put him with Neil Pionk, and that top four is not a top four that I want to, you know, feel that I would feel great about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Neil Pionk is actually better than than Daily Faceoffs giving him credit for. That's a good player. Josh Morrissey is a good player. There, this isn't a this isn't a top four D that Winnipeg has seen in the last you know two, three, four years. So. That's what scares me a little bit, especially because we saw regression from Hellebuck. You know, I think I think that's what I'm worried about. Like maybe maybe they're kind of banking on like they they freed some space up for some other guys to step up. But honestly, like if we're looking at off season trades, movements between this last year and this year, all all Winnipeg did was lose people. They didn't they didn't mm-hmm. add any talent, and that's always that's always worrisome. You know when you. When your when your ownership just lets people go and then doesn't really make an effort to replace, um, I think in, unless you have a lot of unless you have a lot of confidence in the guys that you're bringing up, like young guys or something like that, um, I, I I would be concerned. Um, I, I think the biggest question mark with a lot of people with this team is, you know, what's going on with Patrick Line? Um, mm-hmm. I think there there are a lot of people right now basically counting him out completely, um, and. To be completely honest, I'm I've never been a Patrick Line fan. Um, he kind of has a shitty attitude, and his neck beard just makes me want to stab him. <laughs> so, uh, well, and if you didn't stab if you didn't stab him, he would stab you with that neck beard, <laughs> dude. His neck beard, I just I, I, it it makes I just I it's a punchable face. Like I just I hate him because of it. That's, um, that's fair. In fact, it's probably it's probably why he's not scoring any goals is because of that fucking neck beard. So yeah, it's um, weighing him down. Uh, I I don't I honestly don't see him doing well this year. I mean, he might he might put up the same numbers that he did last year, but he's just got a shitty attitude. It seems like it. I just mm-hmm. I don't don't I just he kind of seems I'm getting like Evander Kane vibes from this guy. I don't think it's that bad, but yeah, I hear you. I mean, you know, he's he's cocky. I mean, he knows he's got a good shot. He knows. 
you know, he can just sit over on that power play and they're going to feed him pucks. Um, his problem is he thinks he's a, a top-line guy and, you know, he's got two top-line guys in front of him, you know. And so, yeah, it just – they got to get that contract figured out or trade him for some D, uh, you know, and, and get it figured out from there. But, yeah, I think the longer that he goes unsigned or untraded um, – I think he's. I think he is the cancer for this team, and and the reason, the reason that they, in my opinion, I think they either drop down, you know, to a wild card spot, or I think, you know, I think they'd be battling Colorado for that last spot. You know? I agree. I I think because you you put that in combination with Hellebuck kind of really regressing. I don't I don't think Hellebuck is prone, uh, primed for a a rebound year. I think I think he finally fell back to earth. He had one good season. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of evening out now. Um, so I think I think with the the downgrade in defense, Hellebuck, you know, even if Hellebuck plays exactly like he did last year, that's not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. And with the with the with the uh, decrease in defense, uh, I'm just I'm not I'm not really I, I, this. In my opinion, Shifley and Kyle Connor are the best players on this team. But with with Wheeler coming in very close behind him. Um, I, I'm a huge Kyle Connor fan. I had him in fantasy last year. Um, I think you can ride the wave on that. And for some reason, he's kind of underrated. Like he, I, I think Kyle Connor was a late round pick for me. Um, but he's only, he's only, his cap is only going up. Um, you know, Ehler. But so that being said, for fantasy purposes, I think there's enough people saying some bad things about pa- Patrick Line is going to be the ultimate gamble on this team. And so. And I think his value is going to be the most debated about in fantasy leagues. Like, there's somebody that could look at his past years and take the gamble on him and take him, you know, in the first couple rounds. And then there are others, other leagues that will take the advice of all the analysts and let him drop to, I mean, let me look at, let me look at ESPN right now. I'd be interested to where to see they have, they have him at, um... Line A, line A, line A. Yeah, let me. What do you think while I look this up? Um, he he needs to get signed or traded. As soon as that happens, you know, then then I'll I'll know a little bit better about where I feel about him. If he's not signed by the time I'm drafting, um, you know, and he's someone's not taking the chance and keeping him, um, he's gonna fall a little bit. You know, are you taking are you taking anybody on this blue line? Bufflin. That's about it. I think I would take a late round flyer on either Pionk or Morrissey. Pionk's actually one of my sleepers. Um, I think he's he's a he's a pretty damn good little D. Um, I think he'll surprise some people this year. I don't. I, I think he'll be more in the thirty five forty point range. But um, you know, just with some of the forwards these guys have. But you know, I'm not spending any kind of an early round pick on him. You know, he's he's going to be probably my last D if I were to take him. But that's the thing is, I think that's what everybody's thinking with him. And so you, there's a great chance that you would get him or Morrissey pretty late in your draft. Um, and so I, you know, that's I'd be looking at them for that. But yeah, Buff, Buffalo needs to be a you know a second or third D at least. Um, if if not, you know, and depending on how deep the league is on D after keepers and whatnot, uh, he might be a keeper. Um, you know, he's, he's had some injury issues. I think last season really started some of them. Um, but 
you know, I, I, yeah, their D is, their D is a little bit scary. And it's tough because they just let a guy like Truba walk. Uh, they let, you know, Myers wasn't great, but he's, he was a good D for them. He's a good two A D for them. And, um, to try to sign line A and it just, it just tells me line oh. A wants too much money. They've got, so. they've got line A going at 91.8 average draft. They've got Bufflin going at 65. That's, I, that's about right. I actually don't. Yeah, I don't mind that. I I, I think because Patrick Laine hasn't been signed, or, or you know, we don't know what's happening with him. Him falling closer to a hundred is probably about right. Like they've um, got they've got so a right above Laine is Jonathan Taze at ninety. Yeah, I still I still think that's fair. I think because how young Laine is, and he's a goal scorer. You know, Taves is Taves is a good two way guy can put up points and stuff like that, but he's getting older. Here, this is what um, I this is what I was talking about. Kyle Connor is at eighty nine. So like slightly above line A and this guy is I mean, fuck man. The guy put up some points last year and he's slated to play on the top line. Like he's only getting better. Uh, it's I, I, I keep your eye out for Kyle Connor if he's in your my, league. My problem my problem with someone like that, I am banking on him being on the top line. Right? So, sure. I mean, you know, I, I think that's that's probably why he falls a little bit more is because people are looking at him and going, if he drops down to that second line, um, you know, his production is going to drop a little bit. So you're basically, you're banking on him by committee putting up points. Um, he's a good player. He is. I just, I think I've talked about him. I'm not as high on him as you. Um, and the reason being is, you know, I think you could, you know, with with Shifley and the way that Wheeler has played in the last forever, um, you could almost put a pylon up there and let him shoot pucks off of him. Uh, but you know that's it, but that's the thing is when you benefit of putting a guy like Connor up there, uh, you know he's formidable. I mean he's he's a good player, um, makes that top line better. But I'm just you know I think that's why you're seeing him fall to 89 is. As soon as he starts playing with Ehlers and Brian Little, he's not putting up half the points, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. That so. makes. I mean, I just I think last year he was a second line guy and he put up, you know, sixty seventy points. So I think with a top line. Well, he was he was playing with that top line. Ehlers he, was mostly Ehlers was mostly the second line. Yeah, but Connor would jump in between. Yeah, because they they tried um, line A for a little bit up there for for a second. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not, it's just not, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, so we kind of talked about Winnipeg and where we think they'll line up. Um, I think they're definitely down. They're, with the division, with, with again, with how weak the Pacific is, there's mm-hmm. just, I, I think they're, it's possible. I think they're going to be fighting for a wild card, to be completely honest. I think, I think Dallas is prime for going up. St. Louis mm-hmm. is going to keep where they are. Um, Chicago is going to go up. Uh, they'll they'll be fighting with Colorado, and um, maybe even Minnesota. Pacific teams, yeah. Maybe and, uh, maybe think... maybe a maybe a wild card team in the Pacific. But that yeah, being I don't, said, I don't think Minnesota is going to be pushing too much. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Like they could maybe surprise, but probably not. I think I think mm-hmm. they'll fight with another team in the Pacific. But that being said, we talked about it in the last episode. There's all there's there's just such a talent margin in the pacific like there's there's a there's a set three strong teams and then the rest is just so low mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see how it goes i think in my in my world they might be fighting with like you know maybe the coyotes or something like that Hmm. yeah 
Um, cool. So last last team in the Central, yep. Nashville. What do we think? We pull up their roster. Um, on the surface, uh, I mean, their big move was getting Matt Duchesne. I, mm-hmm. Having Matt Duchesne on my fantasy team the last two years, I am kind of critical of the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I it's mean, funny granted, how that works. it was obvious watching them in the playoffs last year that they were lacking offense. So he's right. certainly going to help. And I think, yeah, okay, maybe I talked myself out of it. I think this team is going to be better. They are, they are one of the most well-rounded teams in the NHL, in my opinion. I wouldn't say the mm-hmm. deepest, but definitely well-rounded. They've got a very solid top six. Their defense, even with losing PK Subban. They've still got Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, and then this new guy, um, Fabro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a. They've still got a solid defense. That top four defense. Their power play on paper is good. And then we talked about earlier in the podcast. They've got the one-two punch of Pekarene and UC Soros, and on paper, that's a deadly combination. So, I. I, I think we I, see a lot of Soros. Yeah, I think I think they're going to face him a little more in. Um, but that's even gonna that's just gonna be even better. Like it'll take some of the workload off of Rene, and maybe Rene will be rested when they come into the playoffs. There, I mean, this is a playoff team. I think with the this is, I mean, even their bottom bottom six, you know, Yarncrook, Benino, Smith. Like that's a good, that's a solid third line. Mm-hmm. Um, Sissons and Watson on the fourth. Like that's not a, that's a you know it's a shut down fourth line. I I like this team. It's it's well rounded. It's primed to do well again. Um, they, I think they fixed, they fixed their prop. They they worked in the right direction of fixing their offense problem with the Duch- addition of Deshane. Um, mm-hmm. I think they, you know, it sucks to lose PK, but this is one of those. This is one of the rare teams in the NHL that could lose a person like PK Subban and still be okay on their defensive line. So, I, I this is a very well-rounded team. I think they definitely have a shot of of making a push yep i agree this is this is the top team in that division again um and yeah like you said well-rounded this team is this team i think is actually better than last year um, I agree. just because they, they answered their one issue in scoring goals um by bringing in matt duchene i mean it's it's crazy that that's all it took yeah um it's funny that you have Duchesne and Turris on the same team. Um, that is funny. That was that was the trade. Uh, but this this team, I mean, I, I'm just looking at their centers. You could even you could even if you needed to drop Turris down to the third line center and have Bonino as your fourth. I mean, yep. that's crazy down the middle. That's yep. insane. Um, yep. And you know, all it takes is a guy like Yarn Croker. Um, who's this? They got a kid down that uh, didn't quite make the NHL roster. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tolvanen. They got Tolvanen that I think will actually crack the roster this year, and so that makes their third line even better. Um, then you got a, just a grinder fourth line. This is this is a good team. This is a um, solid team. I, I mean, I think I yeah. think Grandland is going to finally flourish on this team. Um, I as much as I hate to say it because I love like active trade deadlines and whatnot, it's the excitement that we all hope for. I just, I feel like when you, when you throw a guy on a team and just expect immediate production from him, mm-hmm. it's, it's asking a lot because it rarely happens. And I think, right. I think Granlin needed some time to adjust. 
he's going to be able to practice with this team and actually form some chemistry. And I think I think Granlin's going to be a fantastic addition to this team and kick ass on that second line. Craig Smith, I mean, he's he's just fine. Um, I, they got rid of Kevin Fiala, mm-hmm. which is great in my opinion. I I actually yep. both of our opinions. Um, yep. And I just I love this defense. I mean, I just I absolutely love this defense. They this is the only team this is the only team that could lose a top top two defenseman and still be okay. Any other team, if they lost to PK Subban, they would be hurting on their blue line. But this team is mm-hmm. so deep on that. I just it's this is a good, well rounded team. I they're probably gonna t- in my opinion, they'll probably take the division again and oh, yeah. they might even they might they might make a push. They honestly might make a push. Yeah, I think this is, yeah, this is one of my favorites in the West. I agree, and they ha- they have been for a couple years, I think. But you know, this is this. I think this year, looking at their roster, um, you know, they they still have young. They still have a youth movement in you know in some of the in some of their lines and things like that that they can integrate in. Um, you know, I think I think Saros is ready to take the step and. Um, yeah, this this team. This is first division. This is the first first in the central, which is the better of the two divisions. This is this is the best team in the West, I think. My so. my. So I mean, I'm I'm putting them up there with. So I mean, teams that are probably going to ballot out in the top, just West overall. I mean, Nashville. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got Nashville followed very closely by Vegas, and mm-hmm. then probably probably followed closely by St. Louis and Dallas in in no particular mm-hmm. order. Yep. Yep, I agree. So central though, who's what? Let's go one through one through seven. That's so awkward. That is. I'm just ready so for weird. Seattle to um, be in here and and give us our 32. Okay, so I've got I've got Nashville taking number one. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got Dallas taking number two. Mm-hmm. St. Louis at three. Winnipeg at four. Chicago at five. Okay. Okay, that's I, I I do like that. You, you forgot about Minnesota and Colorado. Well, but I mean, like I'm saying, they're not going to make the playoffs. True. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I I do. I think I, I'm I'm with you on the first three. Uh, so Nashville, then Dallas, then St. Louis for me. Those I think I think you know to an extent those three are locked to be the top three in the Central. I think the, you know those three teams are looking good. Agreed. Um, then I, this is where we differ a little bit. I actually think Chicago bumps up. Think um, so? Really? Yeah. So I think Chicago jumps to four. I, I just, I think their D gets it figured out, and I think their goaltending situation is feeling a little bit better than it did last year. Um, you know, their defense isn't as you know they didn't make as many big moves as maybe we we wanted to probably see from them, but. Um, you know, I think this Adam Bogfist guy comes in and actually takes a top four role. Okay. And then their then their five and six aren't sitting as bad. So then you got the Mata and you got um, Calvin DeHaan as your five and six. So the D isn't as disgusting as we think it is. Um, that's just speculation, obviously. Sure. But so I think they jump into that four spot. But then uh, you know, for me, I think I think Winnipeg is still better than Colorado. Um, I think just from a, you know, well, it's going to be between those two for that fifth spot. But I think, you know, but I think those two teams will be battling someone over in the Pacific, like Calgary or Arizona. Um, 
you know, so I think we have a good chance to maybe see a four and four. Um, but I think that's where the fight's going to be is between Colorado and Winnipeg, and then and then someone over in the Pacific, maybe say, one, go, maybe two teams. Yeah, mix it, mixing in with what we talked about in the Pacific. I mean, it's we kind of agreed the top three in the Pacific is way easier to just decipher. It's it's Vegas, San Jose, and Calgary, and then mm-hmm. and then you've got to kind of go from there. I honest, that's why I'm just kind of I I honestly think uh, Arizona will make a push in that, and then maybe even. God, if they can figure their shit out, maybe I just I never want to like completely rule Edmonton out because of Connor McDavid. But that team mm-hmm. is just that team is I just I'm not I don't think they're quite ready. No, I don't think so either. So, but I do think Arizona yeah. will make a push for a wild card spot and make things interesting with these other lower end Central Division teams. So that's where yep. I'm. If if we're giving two if we're giving two spots of the Central Division to the wild card spots, then I'm gonna say. Um, I'm going to say Winnipeg and Chicago, and, but mm-hmm. but but I think Arizona could fight fight those teams for one of those spots. Yeah, and I think I think they'll be more likely to fight Winnipeg. Agreed, agreed. Um, and so, but the other side of that is, I really do think I think Colorado. It's going to be a toss up for me. Um, I think I think you're right. I think Arizona. Uh, we we it'll be interesting to see if Calgary does regress. Um, Calgary, Arizona, Winnipeg, and Colorado are going to be fighting for I think that that last wild card spot. Okay, I think that's that's where we're going to be sitting. Okay, I just there's just um, there's just so much like where where everybody in the central like there's mm-hmm. it's a matter of degrees. The Pacific is just so, I mean it's just there's there's that top three and then mm-hmm. it drops off a cliff. It seems like I mean Arizona is one of those very Arizona is the like the only team in that division that's kind of the middle ground one because L A is just not going to do anything. Um, yeah. Anaheim is in a rebuild. Uh, Edmonton, while you know you never want to count them out because of Connor McDavid, I just don't think that team is there yet. It, they're they're in a they're in a rebuild. Um, and Vancouver, while that while Van I will admit while Vancouver is on the upswing, they're not mm-hmm. ready yet. They're not ready yet. So. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, I think those are my three. Uh, I think I think you're right. I think for me, I'm gonna just go on record: Nashville, then Dallas, then St. Louis, then agreed. Chicago, then Winnipeg. Colorado's gonna drop out, and Minnesota's gonna be obviously uh, sitting sitting down there, yeah, <laughs> playing golf. Yeah, they're they're gonna be titans of averageness once again i mean i mean yeah. i think i think they're not going to be they're not going to round out the bottom of the conference by any means but I, again like i think they're just not they're just too average yeah i still think they'll they'll beat out you know four teams in the pacific so i think they'll be sitting uh, very similar to what they did this year so 83 points which was over vancouver anaheim edmonton and la um i think they'll they'll be right around there again so yeah Agreed. Not making I agree. It, I think all those teams. I think all those teams are not as good as them. So, yep. Agreed. Perfect. Okay. Well, that's cool. that's the fucking central. And we even talked a little bit about fantasy too. I, we we threw a lot of good shit in there. The only things we didn't talk about: Maroon to Tampa, and the other one. I mean, it's sad yeah. because he's a St. Louis boy, but in terms of just like you know moving the needle, it's not going to do too much. Maroon's going to be a depth guy. Yeah. Uh, it's a big, it's a nice big body for them down there. I yeah. think maybe they looked at their roster and said we're a little too small. Tyler Agreed. Johnson, Braden Point, Kucherov, you know, 
Um, so that's a, that's a good move for them. And then the other one I liked, I know you don't like him as much as me. Um, I like Broussard over to um, Islanders. I like that one. I mean, it's a good. I will agree with you. It's a good move for the Islanders. I don't. I. I mean, yeah. he's not, again. He's not going to like move the needle. But for a no. team, for a team that was, for a team that was very average in offense, I think that mm-hmm. will help. I, I think. I mean, the Islanders. Center depth. Yeah, I think. I think the Islanders know that their problem is is getting goals um, because they've right. they've obviously got defense down locked. I mean that like that. If if. If they can just find a way to score one or two more goals per game, I think this they they could they they could be a sleeper for next year. I think they actually regress, unless they get a guy like Marner, which you you still have hopes for. Um, I think Dude, I think they were, happen. I think they were very similar to like the Vegas is a whole, Vegas is a whole different beast, but it's that it's that spark that a team has when nobody believes in them yep right and so i think we can look at vegas a little bit like that vegas is still good um but i think you know i i really don't like the players on their defense i like trotz's system of defense yes and so i think i think trotz is out coaching what this team is um but you know you still use you know i'm looking at what Daily Faceoff has and Broussard's a third line center. That's a pretty that's a pretty good center core. So um, I think they'll be a little. I think they'll drop just a little bit out of you know not as excited. Um, and I don't think I don't think Varlamov's. I think Grice actually wins that goalie battle. Um, you know they're they're Agreed. they're going to be right around where they were last year. I'm thinking just a little bit lower. But agreed, agreed. Yeah. Okay, but well, we can get to them. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to knock out our, div- our our last division stuff before the season starts. I know. God, we're getting close. Maybe we should just do one next week. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. All right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're getting close. We should we should probably do that. All right, I agree. All right, well, ramp think, it back up, boys. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this one up, and then maybe maybe we'll we'll get one on next Sunday and start start phasing us into next season i'm i'm fucking stoked i can't wait let's do it dude i'm freaking ready it's Uh, time to go it is it really is all right this has been us thanks for listening in we'll uh we're we're gonna get way into it um when when the season kicks up obviously you know off-season stuff can be tough to talk about sometimes but we'll be uh we'll be we'll be going balls to the walls again once once hockey season kicks up yes Perfect. All right, this has been us. See you later. Bye.